Are you a creative in the upstate looking for a place to create? The Gym Complex, located at 880 South Pleasantburg Drive, Suite 2G, Greenville, South Carolina, can handle your creative needs from podcasting, photography, videography, recording studio, and engineering. Schedule your consultation today at www.thegymcomplex.com. Top of the evening and salutations, good people. It's Truth back in the building again with another episode of the uh, Stand On It podcast via the I Say Podcast Network, and we are live from the gym complex. We're going to get right into this thing tonight. I got a lot of topics that I'm going to get into. We're going to spend most of our time on one topic that um, I think we need to spend some time on, and that's gun violence, gun control, whatever you want to call it. Um, a lot of people have been talking about it. Uh, you've been seeing it around. However, I got a little bit different perspective on it um, that I want us to talk about. And I'm also going to share with you a monologue that I shared on Facebook uh, some of my feelings about a recent incident that happened locally. Got a lot of positive feedback um, about it, and somebody asked to even kind of sit down with me and unpack it together. Um, jam-packed show tonight. Uh, we will not have any guests tonight because, like I said, most of the time it's going to be spent on that topic. But I have a few topics leading up to that, so we're going to get right into it. Um, as you know, I start off kind of with a brief recap of last week or what I was thinking about um, last week. So one of the things that I thought about, um, I'm riding in the car and um, if you're familiar with the features on vehicles, you got lane assist change um, is what it's called. Lane change assist, lane assist change, whatever uh, you want to call it. But basically what it is is um, if you're starting to wander out of your lane, um, the car give you a vibration sometime of the steering wheel. It plays a beep, letting you know, hey, it's time for you to get back in your lane. So I started thinking about with us as humans. <clears throat> we hear people all the time say, stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. You getting out of your lane. Um, but is there uh, any kind of sensor that's going to remind us when we're out of our lane um, to, to kind of warn us to get back in where we're supposed to be at? And yes, there is. Um, we can do this ourselves. We can police ourselves. There are some questions that we can ask when it comes down to are we veering out of the lane that we should be in and maybe venturing into a lane that has any, nothing to do with us? 
So some of those questions I want you to think about when something comes up that maybe you're speaking on, maybe you're sharing, maybe you're involved in conversations in, ask yourself a few things. The biggest one, does this have anything to do with me? That That's the biggest one out of the gate. Does this have anything to do with me? Okay. Is it related to what I'm passionate about? Okay. Are you commenting? Are you sharing? Are you getting involved in a conversation that has nothing to do with what you're passionate about? That's another great question to ask yourself. Is it impactful? Is it impactful? If I share this, if I speak on this, if I engage myself in this conversation, is it going to be impactful to me? Is it going to be impactful to others? It's another good question to ask yourself. Is it productive? Is it productive? As humans, we spend a lot of our time being extremely counterproductive. You know, whether it's uh, how we manage our time, whether it's the things we choose to give our time to, um, whether it's how we handle situations, we spend a lot of our time being counterproductive. But see, that's that lane change assist feature that we can install in ourselves. Yeah, that lane change assist feature we can install in ourselves. When people are saying, stay in your lane, they're not telling you how to do that, how to maintain your lane. I'm giving you the game right here, how to maintain your lane. Is it, a, it your lane? Is it impactful? Is it something that you're passionate about? Does it have anything to do with you? Is it productive? Gauge it with those four before you try and get out of where you where you need to be to accomplish what you want to accomplish. Do a quick rundown of self-assessment. And nine times out of ten, you're going to find you're out of your lane. You know, I've started doing this with myself. People say, hey, hey this, 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 and this. I'm not going to be impactful by speaking on it. Um, they're not going to impact me by me entertaining it. What they're talking about, I'm definitely not passionate about it. Um, it's not productive. And it has nothing to do with me. You know? Um, and it doesn't have to be all four, but again, you got to think of the, these things from that standpoint when it comes down to making sure you stand on the course of what's going to get you to your long-term goals. You got to stay on the course. There's so many things out here that's, that's, that's put in place and implemented to derail us. You got to stay on course. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I'm in that distressed uh, mixed business with business hat tonight. Um, just in case y'all was wondering, absolutely. Holler at me if you got something on that. But, yeah. All right. So, name change assist. Install it in yourself. Thank me later. All right. We're going to transition into my first topic tonight. Um, and, you know, here's the thing, right? 
So somebody sent me this and said, hey, what you going to say about this? Anybody who know me know this. I'm going to speak right for right, and I'm going to speak wrong for wrong. I don't care who it is. If my brother doing something flaw, I'm going to tell him, bro, you tripping. You know why? Because he going to tell me, bro, you tripping. You know, them the kind of people I like around. I don't like people around who, oh, well, this applies to this person. This doesn't apply to that person. So last week um, I talked about masculinity and I had some guests on that did a great job. Shout out Vunny. Um, shout out my man Hype, uh, and shout out Treacy. They did a great job as we talked about masculinity and kind of broke down masculinity from all three perspectives and I also gave mine in there. However, what I want to caution people around is when men act feminine um and i'm not talking about femininity where it's real evident where they may have feminine mannerisms they're dressing feminine i'm about to give you a clear example of a man displaying feminine energy and most people would look at him as a masculine man okay i'm a fan of this individual their music individual i'm talking about is t.i so somebody sent me this video on T.I. And like, yeah, what you going to say about this? I guess they thought I was going to be like, oh, man, that's T.I. That, that's my man. I like T.I. Fuck that. Like I said, if right is right, wrong is wrong. Um, T.I., as most of you all know, is a rapper that hails out of Atlanta, Georgia. He refers to himself as the king of the South. I'm a huge T.I. fan. I never viewed T.I. as the king of the South. I still don't view T.I. as the king of the South, but I love his music. I'm a fan. T.I. has since, um, and we talked about lane change assist, right? Lane change assist, where you start installing it in yourself. Should I get into this lane or am I out of my lane? Now, I haven't sat down and, and watched not one single stand-up of his, but he's came out of his musical lane and he's gotten into stand-up comedy. So I, I haven't watched any of it. This is the first one that I've been privy to uh, via the video that somebody sent me. So T.I.'s doing a comedy stand-up. He's at a comedy show that he was invited out to. And this young lady is heckling him about the assault allegations he has. Now, we saw this on full display last week where... You can't take a joke. Now, the difference with Will Smith is he's not a comedian, okay? But the cardinal rule for all comedians is you got to be able to take a joke. Like, you can't take this stuff serious. You got to take a joke. Jokes are jokes. Uh, T.I. couldn't take a joke. And I want you to listen. It's, it's a three-minute clip, but I want you to listen and tell me, Anything that you could pick out of here that's masculine, if you're being honest with yourself. Here we go. Ain't never been no motherfucking case Cause I ain't did nothing wrong 
and my wife ain't did no wrong. And if you keep on playing with me, nigga, I'm gonna motherfucking continue to confront you publicly, verbally. <laughs> So there you have uh, T.I. throwing a tantrum because somebody mentioned his uh, trial to his his allegations that have come up. Those were mentioned um, and he didn't like it. You know, Uh, he had a major issue with it. But again, T.I., in the words of of female, shut your little punk ass up, nigga. If I drop it like I did this bitch, yeah, I don't, I don't think y'all may have caught that because it it started a little late here, but I'm gonna play it for you again. Trip. What you say, little nigga? Man, that's a female. So, for all y'all who know that voice there that was Craig when he was on Friday when he was about to fight Debo because Debo backhanded a female and yeah the video might not have been clear the audio part of it so I wanted y'all to understand that was T.I. talking to a female yeah this is a female continually calling my nigga shut the fuck up don't just exude feminine energy. Just pouring out of him. Feminine energy. And you may say, well, why is that feminine energy? He asked her not to talk about that. You're a fucking comedian. You're a comedian. You're the, Even if you were not a comedian and you were at a comedy show, what you think you come there for? And you potentially subjecting yourself to But you're a comedian. You coming on this person's set because they cracked a joke on you. And then after the joke is cracked, y'all couldn't see the video. I'm working on getting that done too. I'm going to start showing y'all these videos. But he walks on stage, grabs this woman like he hugging her, and then jerks the mic from her. Like, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, masculinity, nothing about that was masculine. People will tell you, oh, that's bad. He learned T.I. shoulder. You can't play with them. You get no strikes for that. That's a female. None. 
You get no stripes for that. Well, what, what should he have done? Nothing. Crack jokes back. Or just nothing. Like, at the end of the day, what, where do you think this is really going to go? Like, you think she want to fight you? Like she told you, I'm not shutting the fuck up. This is my shit. You know what I mean? But as men, that's what we do as as leaders. You know, we set the example. We set the standard. We raise the bar. Like, oh, man, this chick tripping. You know what I mean? In my older self, yes, I done got into it with uh, women. Uh, never physical. But, yeah, I done argue with women. Now, man, listen, go ahead, man. Like, I'm not even going to entertain that with you. Because I know, first of all, I don't even be into the thing of arguing. You know what I'm saying? Like, because, again, that's that self-examination. Is it productive? Is it impactful? Does it have anything to do with me? And am I passionate about it? So I don't even, like, get in the habit of doing it. Especially not with no woman. And I'm not saying this because um, I'm looking down on women. Women are naturally... uh. They don't have the same strength as men. So after these words go to a certain level, because she went back and down. After these words go to a certain level, what does it go turn physical? Are you kidding me? But see, that's where we have gone when it comes to men. Like a lot of us are thinking these are the type examples of being masculine. These are not good examples of being masculine. In that moment, and I wish you could have saw the video, there are women standing around like, what the fuck? Like, looking at, like, why is this man acting this way? You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember one time I had said something, and I'm a kid. My mom and her friends sitting around the living room talking. I came in there and interjected and said something that had nothing to do with me. Bow. My dad is slapped, but don't you get involved in women conversation? That that don't have nothing to do with you. Letting me know, like, you don't even insert yourself in that. Women are, are naturally more emotional. But see, what it made me believe, because anytime somebody say something, and you get mad like that, there's usually a little bit of truth there. Yeah. Because if it ain't nothing there, who gives a fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody cares. Motherfuckers talk all day. That's what they, a, a lot of people just, that it's called clout chasing. Motherfuckers just be talking to get views and all this other shit. You gonna respond to everybody? Like I, I told you, my pops used to always tell us, you cannot kick at every barking dog. You can't. You can't do it. If you are, your foot going to be sore. Because all you're going to do going around every day just kicking people who either talking crazy about you or talking crazy about something, you can't. You got to ignore some shit. And as men, we got to do better with that. Like, this this was a horrible example, like I said, of masculinity. He came out in his femininity. 
But what I will say on that, again, going back to how I started the show, lane change assist. I think T.I. needs to get back in the lane of music. Because if you can't take a joke, mark my words, it'll be a month or so, maybe not even that long at the rate he's going. You go here, he done put hands on somebody and now somebody's suing him or he done got arrested. Because now people know what your weakness is. See, that's the thing you got to learn, too. You, you can't show what your weakness is. You can't show what gets under your skin, what people know. Oh, if I push that button, I'm going to get him out of character. So now, all he got to do, go to a show. He might be doing good on the show. He might be roasting the hell out of another comedian. But he know if I take him to that, that joke about them sexual allegations or something about his wife, he completely out of character. I got him. Got to do better than that. Got to guard them emotions. That's a feminine trait. Yo, so next topic we go get into. Um, somebody was talking to me about, hey, what's what's your thoughts on virtual church? Um, I'm trying to figure out the nicest way to say this. Uh. None. I don't have any thoughts on it. I don't y'all already know how I feel about religion. Um I don't have any thoughts on uh brick and mortar churches. I don't. I believe religion is so far um convoluted now with just politics, uh sexuality, all of this. I and it's so far removed from what the Bible really says. Like there are very few pastors that you're going to see and come across that are willing to stand on truth, especially if it goes against um, anything that's going to hit them in their pocketbook. They ain't standing on no truth. They not. They not standing on that. Jesus talked about he coming with the word that's going to divide families. It's going to turn mother against daughter. Uh, Brother against father It's going to turn everybody against each other He's coming with a word that divides Because he knew that's what truth does Truth divides People from the lie And those who want to remain in the lie They're going to turn their back on truth every time Then if you attach a price tag To that you think you go get some truth Hell no No That's why I look at Religion the way I do But anyway I'm going to answer the question because it was sent to me. What do I think about virtual church? So I started looking at virtual church, looking into uh, some of the stuff that goes along with it. Sorry about that. Some of the affiliations with virtual church and some of the stuff that people have been saying. I came across this uh, this pastor, and he was talking about what virtual church to him, how he feels about virtual church and what he thinks about it. Let me play the clip. Christianity is not just about you and Jesus. It's not an individualistic thing. It's a people thing, a family thing, a temple thing, a flock thing, a, a, a body thing with different parts. And it's in that assembly we begin to practice being the different parts of the body the different members of the family, the different sheep in the flock. A virtual church individualizes Christian discipleship. It individualizes our evangelistic witness. 
It shows the world a picture of Christianity through words more than words and deeds and lives together. It also makes us, it risks making us viewing our Christianity in selfish or self-centered terms. All right, so he, as you can, can uh, as you heard, he doesn't feel like virtual church is a good thing. Um, he said it individualizes it and that you should be there to be a part of uh, the physicality of it. Um, you're a member, um, breaking it down, liking it to the body. As the body has its members, so does the church, and they need you there as a member of the spiritual body, um, whatever. Um, but the more and more I looked at it and, and just looked at a couple of videos, a couple of clips, to me, virtual church churches and virtual church sermons and services are starting to become a little more and more like concerts. Yeah, they're, they're starting to become more like concerts because I'm seeing people uh performing more and one of the reasons that i think people are performing more is just simple so when you're in the brick and mortar church yeah you might see some of the old folks dozing off or you might see a kid you know kind of cutting up and they got to get them back in line um but people for the most part they're gonna try and look and stay engaged when they're at the brick and mortar church now take this virtual church you're at home, most people, and I researched this too, most people say when they look, they watching virtual church, they like it because they can stay in the comforts of their own home. And with those comforts comes pajamas, drinking coffee, uh, maybe on the computer looking at something else, maybe a sports program going on on another TV, maybe they're laid in bed, just all kind of things. So you add in all these potential distractions in virtual church. How are the pastors going to hold people's attention? Yes. Now they got to put on a performance. So when I'm looking at virtual church and I'm looking at these clips, that's why. And, and, and that's, that explains why we're starting to see some of these outrageous things that we're seeing in virtual churches. And I've, I've shared some of the, the clips with you all. Um, People just going overboard. The pastor who spit on the man. Um, we saw that. There was another one somebody sent me. Uh, uh, the pastor was, they were on live virtual service and two members just got to fight. You know, and he had to come down and address that. You know what I mean? But as I looked at this video, it all looked staged because the pastor came down so so cool and calm and I didn't see any other members in the audience. I could hear them, but I didn't see them. And the way he hit the dude, I'm like, well, is this, this what y'all doing? To keep people engaged? Like, oh, yeah, man, they got to fight in that church. Like, just start thinking about saying that out loud, how stupid that sounds. Oh, man, it was a fight at church. Oh, man, the pastor spit on member Bobby today. Oh, man. Sister Esther said she had a demon inside of her that comes and gives her head every night, and the pastor bought it out of her. See, all of these things are starting to be performances. And so from that aspect, I think, yeah, uh, virtual churches, 
They're concerts. They're not services anymore. And again, when you think about church, um, the whole premise of church uh, for me is just big business because the Bible clearly states where two or more are gathered. You could be at your house with somebody else talking about the Bible. You're having church. And you ain't paying nothing for it. But when you you go to church to be a part of the quote-unquote spiritual body that comes with, with tithing, think of everything that goes into going to church. Gas. These Steve Harvey suits these dudes like to get and put on. The Kings of Comedy tour suits with the long um, tail on the back way. They sit down and sitting on the back of the coat, the coat hanging down by their ankles. They buying them suits. The old ladies with these big ass hats that are expensive. You got that. So think of all. And then on top of that, the collection plate coming around. So if you sit down and you do a calculation, church every Sunday could potentially cost you hundreds of dollars between the suits gas collection plate going out to eat after all this other stuff when if you gather in your home with one more person and you want to sit around and talk about the bible you having church so how is church not big business that's what it is so uh to answer the question about virtual church um i don't care about it at all um, I will never attend a virtual church service. I will never attend a physical church service. So, I mean, I keep it, you know, uh, consistent. Um, no virtual or no physical church this way. But if you want to do it um, and if your finances allow you to do it, carry on. All right, so before we get into <clears throat> our main topic we go talk about tonight, gun violence, I got one more topic, uh, discernment. Um, so discernment, um, being able to see, if it, is this the right time to say this? Is this somebody I should be saying this to? And when I thought, uh, thought about this again, and like I told you, I sprinkle some of the word in here on y'all. Um, we in the Bible built. In the Bible, it talked about do not give your pearls to swine. Don't give your pearls to swine. So, I mean, it's a statement, but it's very meaningful and very impactful. Um, pearls, we know pearls are expensive. Would a pig appreciate pearls? No. They go eat them. Pigs are nasty. You know, um, they'll eat them. They'll swallow them around in the mud. They're not going to show no appreciation for a pearl. So why give it to them? Same thing. You got to discern some of the conversations that you have with people. Right. And you have to discern some of the things. Um, Give you an example. All right. So it's this dude. Every morning when he sees me at the gym, he comes up. And he says, I want to share the word of the day. So I let this go on for a few days. He's sharing the word of the day. And I could tell every time he's sharing the word of the day, 
he's really feeling himself when he's doing it. He's looking like, yes, I'm really instilling God's word into this man. The whole time I'm thinking in my head, this motherfucker is so far off base from what he's telling me, but I'm going to go ahead and listen to him because I'm trying to be personable. So last week he came and said, hey, I want to instill the word of the day in you today. Um, it was It's a great one. I said, hey, Rob, um, you know, I appreciate it, man. I think you're an awesome person. But listen, man, when I'm here, I come here for a purpose, man. Like not standing around talking, you know, that I, that's not what I come for. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, I just like the words burning so in me. Um, like I, I just be having to tell people, hey, man. It's about 50, 60 other people in here that you can go share the word with. Because if I sat down with him and I asked him, I said, hey, you get some time. Maybe we could sit down and we can discuss the Bible. Because, see, I'm telling you, I know the Bible. And I know the principles behind it. I know the teachings of it. So if you want to sit down and get into a conversation like that, he would have been impressed and I probably would have taught him some shit. Ain't no problem. I know I would have taught him some shit because you could tell his knowledge. He's someone who just started reading the Bible and he just got to tell everybody. Um, And it may be impacting him like that. I don't know that he feels like he got to tell people or he may just want people to know I'm a Bible reader. I'm a Bible thumper. Okay, cool. And he may have looked at me like, oh, this young man looks like he needs the Bible. You know, because one day he asked me when he was sharing the word, I see you got truth tattooed on your hand. Uh, Do you understand what truth in God's word is? And I'm just looking like, dude, like, are you serious? Like, you don't understand what truth in God's word is because I could tell you what some of the things that you're talking about. He has no clue on what he's talking about. Like, he was trying to share with me, uh, what David did, how David wanted to be uh, viewed in God's heart. I was like, yeah, he did. And he was like, but yeah, man, David was, he wanted Bathsheba and, and he committed adultery with her. And and he went ahead and uh, had her husband killed, sent him out, put him on the front lines. I had him killed, but God still forgave him. I was like, yeah, but the point a lot of people don't talk about. God forgive anybody. God will forgive. But there were consequences that David paid as a result of his actions. That's the stuff people don't talk about. Like how his offspring, they were cursed. How he was cursed with his riches. Like So if you go tell the story, don't just put the wins. Don't just light up the scoreboard with the wins. Tell the whole story. Yeah, he was forgiven, but he paid a deadly price with that shit. He was like, yeah, 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 you right. He didn't know it. He didn't. And so he's free with his knowledge with other people. But see, I'm discerning when it comes to who I have certain conversations with. I used to not be that way. I used to say, man, let me go ahead and give him some game on this, give him some game on that. Nah. I had to start being discerning because a lot of people, they don't deserve it. 
Number one. Number two, they're not there mentally yet to grasp even what I'm saying to them. So now I'm throwing the pearls out to the swine and expecting them to value it. They're not going to value that. But see, I had to learn that. That's that discernment piece. You got to learn that. Like certain conversations, people are just not ready for. And the two biggest, well, three lately, that I found out people aren't ready for, racism. When I said what I said about racism, but so many people, oh, you tripping, you this. Okay, have a conversation with me then. Understand my perspective. Stop being a victim. Understand my perspective, and I guarantee you'll look at it differently if you're open-minded. Politics. Hey, man, be discerning when it comes to talking about politics. Some of these people don't get it. I'm telling you, it's the new black and white, new bloods and crips. If you are a Democrat or a Republican, mm-mm. you got to choose. If you're a liberal in the, mi- in the middle, conservative, mm-mm. you got to choose. You know, people not ready for those conversations. Politics, racism, they're not ready for that. And then, like I said, you you go ahead and throw religion in there with it. But they're going to look at you like you crazy if they're not ready for it. When I give people my take on religion, oh, boy, you been a heathen. Meanwhile, you was out last night at the club, drunk, left the club, slept with somebody you met at the club, set your alarm for 6 a.m., went home, Shower and then went to church And that make you right But I'm the heathen and the hypocrite Because of how I tell you my views on religion Don't make no sense But again like I said Some conversations I don't even have with people It's not worth it They're not ready yet And some people might circle back around with me And be like hey man I thought about what you said I done had that happen I had a couple people do that What I said about racism they circle back around. Hey, man, I thought about it. You're right. Yeah, racism don't exist. Racists do. You know? So, again, discern who you're talking to, who your audience is, because these pigs do not deserve your pearls. <laughs> Dropping jewels left and right tonight. All right. So this is the topic that we're going to spend the rest of our time on, um, gun violence. We're going to unpack this from so many angles. Um, this is going to be a great segment. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, again, if you're open-minded and um, it should provoke thought, um, but it should also provoke inspiration and potentially, hopefully, action. So that's the purpose of it. Um, So I touched on it a little bit last week. I had an educator on with me last week, school teacher that teaches fifth grade. Shout out to her. She did an amazing job. Um, I'm going to be partnering with her on some things moving forward um, as we try and make an impact on the youth. Um, So looking forward to that. However, we touched on that episode on an incident that happened locally where a 12-year-old at Tanglewood Middle School, shot and killed another 12-year-old. So that thing was on my mind, like, the whole week. Um, and usually when I, I hear and see stuff on the news, 
I'm like, man, you know, whatever. But that one really impacted me because I have nephews, I have cousins, I have kids who look up to me that are not related to me. Um, and my heart is very near and dear when it comes to children and protecting children, setting a good example for children. So it moved me to write a monologue. And I entitled a monologue, and I, I put it on Facebook, and shout out to the people who gave me a lot of good feedback about it. Um, one young lady shared it with her aunt, who's in her 70s, and she was like, I don't know who this young man is, but he's amazing. Like, tell him thank you. So shout out to her. I appreciate the feedback. But I named the monologue 12 Years a Slave. And my lady told me, she was like, hey, this is amazing, but I think you need to read it for people so they can hear the inflection in your voice, they can hear the tone versus them just reading it. Or and she said it's kind of lengthy. Some people might not read it at all. So I'm going to take her advice. So this is the monologue I wrote <clears throat> and put out on Facebook entitled 12 Years a Slave, um, which was inspired by the events last week at Tanglewood Middle School. <clears throat> 12 years a slave. Yesterday in Greenville, South Carolina, hearts became weightier as a community mourned two losses, one the death of gun violence and one to a society that continues to mislead and derail the future of humanity, our youth. Some will grab the low-hanging fruit and direct blame on parenting. Some will excuse parenting and shift blame to our education system. Few will lay any accountability or knowledge or acknowledge the failures of society as a whole. A suspect and a victim with a combined age of 24 years old, broken free from the chains society has enslaved them to. I don't ask where their parents go wrong. I don't ask where educators went wrong. I'm not even going to entertain suggestions of it simply being products of a strained environment. What I will say is society, which we all are a part of, continues to enslave not only these young 12-year-old men, but the youth in general. Imagine the potential traumas and influences encountered at such a young age via media, music, and lack of positive examples of how to resolve conflicts with love instead of throwing and taking lives away from foundations of hate. Imagine how we as a society, a community, could proactively come together daily to change the narrative real-time and not display reactive activism, speaking on behalf of impacted family members. Born in the 80s, I always heard it takes a village. Fast forward 2022, the villages have been gentrified with technology, promoting of violence, media, and agendas that confuse and drive separation and not unity. As parents, as society, we have to restore and rebuild the villages. An undeveloped 12-year-old mind that thinks the only course of action is based on what society has enslaved him to. Violence, destruction, and lack of love for fellow man is the answer, has been failed. Generational curses don't have to be race-based, financial-based, or faith-based. Generational curses are when we condone what is constantly being fed and ingested by our children. When we turn a blind eye but choose to see clearly and provide insight after the fact. It's easy to hate 
It's easy to destroy. However, my dad always told me anything worth having is worth working hard for. Aren't the youth worth having? Isn't the freedom from hatred, anger, destruction worth having? Isn't a society we can all be proud of with villages nationwide where everyone is thriving, not surviving, worth having? Yesterday, the enslavement of 12 years of existence in a failed society produced horrendous results. Today, I challenge us all to work hard to produce phenomenal futures for the children we have failed. So I was moved to write that because there was a movie called 12 Years a Slave. But from this standpoint, you have two 12-year-old boys. They were enslaved by a culture that our society has created. And so now people come into, oh, well, we got to stop the gun violence. We got to stop the gun violence. We got to we gotta do gun control. We got to do away with the Second Amendment. The gun laws are too lax. Let's put a metal detector in every school. Well, we got to educate ourselves as well. Metal detectors in every school, it sounds great. It's doable. But... When you learn the ins and outs and just having the, the conversation with this educator, teachers are so overworked now and underpaid. And they are dealing with so much like teachers are rarely getting breaks now for planning sessions because they're just it's, it's not there. You And you have teachers who are losing passion for what they do. So they're doing a the bare minimum or. They're short-staffed. Classrooms are getting bigger. Classes are getting bigger. To install metal detectors in every school, you have to change really the school hours. Kids will have to arrive at school early. Because think about it. When you go to a game, you go to a concert, think of how long it takes for you sometimes to get through the metal detector. Think about it at the airport. Think of how long that process takes. Now you're doing this to hundreds of students. Let's go delay the start of school. If you find something, you got to get them out of the line, deal with that, and go on to the next one. Um, that means additional staffing. That means additional funds. Not only for the staff, but for the metal detector equipment. So it's not just as easy as saying, hey, put a, put a metal detector in school. That'll do it. And I've seen, again, some of our local Activists, this is what they're um, wanting. Like, uh, put a metal detector in every school. That's an umbrella fix. That's umbrella logic. That's low-hanging fruit. Put a metal detector in every school. That's not the answer. Okay? So, that could be uh, an element of the answer, but a metal detector in every school, that's not the answer. The answer is we need to get to the bottom of what we're doing as a society to even make children feel this way. And not even children. It's not just children, but it hurts more when children are impacted. Children and older people, man, when I see something bad happen to them, that that just, it, it really does something to me. Kids, older people, and even women too. When I see that, it's like, hey, man. Like, you know, it, it hurts with anybody, but it, that one's more near and dear to my heart.
But when we look at it from an aspect of society, what we have done, think about how we have programmed not just our children, but ourselves, right? And I'm going to just give you a rundown of a couple of things that have happened just in the last week. So we had, and basically we could say two people lost their lives at Tanglewood, the 12-year-old who was shot and the 12-year-old who did the shooting. His life ain't going to never be the same. And I'm going to tell you why. They played the ring doorbell camera of him going to someone's house asking for help to call his dad. My condolences go out to the family, definitely, of the, of the, of the young man that was lost. But that was heart-wrenching to hear that child like, hey, can you call my dad? I'm scared. I just want to call my dad. In that moment, you could tell that young man had no real knowledge of the severity of what he just did. He didn't. What else stood out to me? His voice hadn't even changed yet. His voice hadn't even changed. He's asking, can you please call my dad? I just want to call my dad. Because, again, it goes back to what I was saying about the guy who was sharing the story with me about David. Yeah, tell the other side. Don't just just show the glory of the forgiveness. Tell the other side of the, the, the results of his actions. So when he's been listening to this music, when he's been watching these movies, when he's been playing these video games and he shoots these people and these people, they don't they might not get up. But there's no repercussions. You go into the next mission, the next person you got to kill. That's not real life. So now he's going to wake up in a juvenile detention center and realize I fucked up. But he ain't the only one that fucked up. We fucked up. All of us. We fucked up. I'm going to tell you why. So, again, like I said, these are some of the things that's happened the last week. We talked about Tanglewood. Sacramento. Sacramento, California, after a nightclub. Fight breaks out. Dude grabs the, the... They just grabbed the guns. Six people killed, 12 injured. Spartanburg, South Carolina, not far from here. Shootout happens at an apartment complex. 21-year-old young lady in the crossfire gets killed. Investigators say after they investigated the scene, they found 117 spent shell casings at an apartment complex. Okay, at a a business in Anderson, South Carolina. Former employee, gunman goes in there, opens fire, shoots two people, and then turns the gun on himself and kills himself. See, that's the society that we're in. And again, let's talk about how it impacts everybody and how it starts off. Because now, now we're hearing about gun violence on simple things. Simple things, road rage, oh, somebody cut me off, they got blown away. Oh, somebody looked at somebody wrong in the store, they got blown away. 
we talked about uh uh my lady and I were talking about um young thug's baby mother over a bowling ball she lost her life so where did the value of life go how has life become so devalued not only from a standpoint of the victim but how has life become so devalued to the person doing the killing somebody sent me a a video clip of this dude put out a song he got shot two weeks ago and he put out a song laughing that I'm still alive Do you realize how sick our culture is? Life has just been completely devalued. And then you couple that with anger because what I want you to think about, we've we've been founded upon a society that makes it for us to play the victim mentality. We're founded upon a society that wants us to be a victim. What do I mean by that? Think about it. Slavery? Oh, yeah, man, we're a victim. We're a victim. You know, uh, police brutality? Oh, yeah, man. Yeah, we're a victim. They're out against all black people. You know, uh, my sexual preference? Oh, yeah, that this person here died. They, we're at attack. We're victims. They're trying to kill us all. Give an example. And I, I um I had some words with one of my homeboys about this. And I told him, like, hey man, we can agree to disagree. He shared something and was like, we gotta stop, you know, uh attacking transphobic trans we gotta stop uh attacking trans individuals. And he shared this clip of this dude who was shot and killed. And that's that's all the clip read. Trans man killed. But if you researched it and followed the article, he was killed as a result of robbing somebody. So why didn't the, the article just read man killed in a failed robbery attempt? That's that programming. That's that programming. That's that victim mentality programming. Oh, now you see this article. Oh, now trans people are under attack. And people don't like this and they don't like to hear it. And I had this conversation with other people. George Floyd was no saint when he was doing what he was doing. Now, the way he lost his life. Yes, that was unacceptable. But you're out here. You how fit and all. You're not paying attention to the commands that they're giving you. But again, that's that victim mentality. That's that programming. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we go, you know, you see what they did to George Floyd? That's how they go treat all black men. They go do it like that. When we stop and we start being honest with ourselves, because I had to do that. I used to say, oh, man, the police fucking with me. Every single time I had a run in with the police, it was legit. 
it was legit. Now, sometimes I wasn't doing anything for them to come fucking with me, but I had something on me. Whether it was dope, a gun, I had something that was breaking the law. When I started holding myself accountable, stop playing the victim. What I tell people, you got an option. You could be bitter or you can be better. So many of us are still just choosing to be bitter. You got people we still whining and crying about slavery. When it never impacted you, it may have impacted some of your ancestors. And again, that's a whole nother conversation we could sit down and have. But Kanye, his message, he said it wrong. But with him saying slavery is a choice, think about it. Anything we do in life is a choice. God instilled it in us. Free will. You have a choice. Every day you wake up, you have a choice. But we want to get, because they program us like that, to be victims. And that's why people are so angry and the least thing sets them off. That's the society we're in. We're in a victim-driven society. Oh, they, they cut me off. That's a white man. He got to be racist. I'm going to show him. Oh, he he said he liked Trump. He's a racist. I don't want to fuck with him. Oh, well, he looked at me wrong, and he from the other side of town. I'm going to kill him. Program to be the victim as a result. That programming has now led to the devaluing of life. And now we're stuck here with arguments daily about what do we do about gun control? Oh, let's get rid of uh, these automatic weapons, these high-powered weapons. Let's get rid of that. That's not going to do it. Let me tell you something else that people ain't going to talk to you about. As a society... We have to stop glorifying these people who are negatively impacting our children. You just got to stop doing it. And I tell parents, too, y'all ain't getting off the hook because pay attention to your children. A lot of these kids I see who get in trouble or who are doing things, they may show a picture of them. Like, and they are they holding up gang signs. And the parents just looking like, oh, yeah, they repping the neighborhood. They just, that's just a little sign with their friends. No, it's not. A lot of times it's a disrespectful sign to another gang, and you wonder why your kid was gunned down. Pay attention. Hey, boy, what you holding up? Why you do, what you doing coming in the house that late? Uh-uh, let me, let me see that backpack. What's going You got to start asking these questions. But parents are just getting more and more oblivious, ain't paying attention to nothing that's going on. And I done used this example before, but I'm going to keep hammering at home. Young uh, Lil Durk is one of the biggest artists right now. These kids watch it, and he's talking about spinning, and I'm doing this, and we got sticks, and we're in the trenches. Lil Durk don't live in the trenches. The Dirk lives on a golf course. He lives on a golf course. 
And something else I want y'all to think about. Lou Dirk was on probation or is on probation, supposedly, for an attempted robbery or, or attempted shooting in Atlanta that him and King Von supposedly did. Said he's on camera. He's on probation for it. Last year, someone went into Lil Dirk's, uh, they said it was a home invasion, on the golf course, and tried to kill him and his fiance. And he defended himself with a Glock 19 handgun. So I want you to think about a couple of things again. I'm tying it all together. That's that programming. So someone came in, first off, anybody who know how the law work, you've been in any trouble with the law, um, I done had gun charges before. You get a gun charge, you get caught with another gun, you're getting charged, you're violated, you're going back to jail. It don't matter if you're defending yourself or not. You're not supposed to be a felon in possession of a firearm. Nobody looking at that. That just magically went away. They came in the house and they put out in the article that he was shooting to defend himself. And they made sure they specified, oh, he was shooting a Glock 19. Pay attention to the news. He always rapping about switches. Start watching the news and listening to what they finding these kids with and what they shooting. Glock 19 with the switch. That's that programming. Y'all not paying attention to it. Because they could have just said, Lil Dirk, rapper Lil Dirk, victim of a home invasion. Grabbed a firearm and defending himself. Why you got to tell people what the gun was? Because they know the impact that he has on the youth. And if the youth hear that, what kind of weapons are they going to seek out? You know what a switch is? To make it fully automatic. You know what kind of destruction a weapon like that will do? You know what kind of crimes that kids have to commit to be able to pay for these weapons? Or to get them? So again, it's programming. It's all going into the cycle. First, make them a victim. Second, make somebody that they look up to as a figure, make it look cool. Third, hey, don't be played with. You're a victim, remember? You can't allow people to play with you. But I'm here to tell you what they're not going to tell you. You're not a victim. That's what they want you to believe. You become a victim when you buy into the teaching, when you buy into the programming. Now you're a victim. I've been there. I've done it. I bought into the programming. People don't fight anymore. And that's the craziest thing. And if they do fight, and I could tell you a real story. In Newberry, South Carolina, it was the year 2000. I'm 18 years old. I get jumped at the park by this creek. I had a knife in my pocket and a pistol in the car. Me and my homeboy get jumped. In the midst of me getting jumped, the knife falls out of my pocket. I can't find it because we're in a creek fight, which is a good thing. Couldn't find it. We got our ass whipped. You know, not nothing in my mind said, go get the pistol. After it was over, it just said, I'm going to see them niggas again. Nothing registered, go get the pistol. 
Because you didn't think like that. The pistol was for like just really you just had it. You know what I'm saying? Back then, you just had it. Might have a little two five, little high point nine, some bullshit. It wasn't really, you know what I'm saying? Nothing that you go think like, all right, if you got the pistol out, your life had to really, really be in danger. I'm in a fist fight. Yeah, I got some lumps, but hey, I'm fighting another day. But now, no. They not even go pick up fists. Because the programming that we done got said, hey, get a stick. We in the trenches. We got to slide. Niggas got to get stepped on. We got to leave a stain. All this just foolishness, man. And we wonder why our kids continue to deal with the things that they deal with. And parents, I'm telling you, tune in. Don't tune out. Tune in. What kind of sign is your kid holding up? And it ain't, and something else y'all sleeping on, I know y'all ain't paying attention to. It's more violence as of late with women. Women ain't even fight. You used to could say, oh, yeah, well, at least the women still fighting. No. They laying other women down. Like, it's a, because now that looks cool because, you know why? India was right there shooting with dirt. It's that programming that y'all ain't paying attention to. Let me let me play this clip that this dude, where he broke down this Sacramento thing, like the shooting, and it was gang related. Check this out. Six dead and 12 injured in one of the most historical mass shootings in Sacramento, California. Does anybody else notice anything here? I mean, you can't make this shit up. Don Dre, Smiley, and now Devani. I'm sure all three sung at the local choir and volunteered at the homeless shelter. Such lovely boys and pillars of the community. And all three of them had illegal firearms. I'm not sure why the strictest state when it comes to gun laws didn't prevent them from doing so. Maybe because criminals don't obey the law. Let me guess, is white supremacy and post-traumatic stress from slavery why they have bad behavior? Or is it just the guns aren't following the law? Or maybe that red SUV rejected the law as well in Wisconsin. And do we get a hard puzzle to solve here, folks? We don't have a race problem in this country. We have a problem race with poor leadership and destructive culture. Bad truth. When you teach the youth to be victims and that they're owed justice from innocent people, you create a system of bullying and abuse. Six days. Boy, I couldn't have said it better. It's not a race problem. I've been saying that. It's a problem with the people we looking at, we calling leaders. And again, like he said, one of the states with the strictest gun laws. Where they getting these guns from? Same go for Chicago. You know how strict the gun laws are in New York. Look at that drill culture and how many people getting killed up there daily. It's that programming. It's that programming. It's, th- it's these people they look up to. It's the little dirks of the world, you know? And and I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't have anything against little Dirk as a person. I don't know him. I know his music. And if you don't see that they're using him as an industry plant, to really impact these kids and adults are even getting impacted. 
like my man said here, like, but we'll want to want to uh, blame this and play victim on what the white man do to us. Oh, it's it's the white man. It's the no take accountability. It's us. It's us. All of us. We got to be accountable for that as a society. What we have contributed to allowing this to happen and then condoning it happening. You know, because again, six innocent people lost their lives. Twelve got injured. They just going to the club to have a good time. Horrible. Programming. Victim mentality. Oh, I'm oppressed. All of this. And nobody's taking accountability or responsibility. You know when life started changing for me for the better? When I started owning my bullshit. And that's what we got to do as, as, as individuals. And we got to do that as a society. Own your bullshit. Don't cast the blame. Because you had a choice. You know. But again. Look at it for what it is. Do not get caught up in the programming. Um, ask questions, look at it, reflect on it, and then make a wise decision from there. But this this gun violence and gun laws, no, don't go for the low hanging fruit of oh yeah, well we need to go ahead and get uh, metal detectors everywhere. Or we need uh, to stop the mass production of AR-15s and AKs, and no, that's low hanging fruit. Let's dig a little deeper. Let's 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 have real conversations about the glaring things that are out there that people are being programmed to. Let's talk about those and eliminate those. And that's how we start to turn this thing around. That's how we start to, to stop having people so angry and ready to lash out. That's where it's got to start from. I appreciate everybody for tuning in this evening. Um, as I stated, we live from the gym complex. Uh, this is Truth with the I Say Podcast Network. Make sure you're tuning in. Um, on We drop the episodes on Monday, 10 a.m. on all major podcast platforms. I appreciate the love people have been showing. I appreciate how people have been interacting. Um, I appreciate the people who are sharing content. Um, I really appreciate it all. I try my best to make sure I put I put time and effort into this. I don't just come in here and sit down and then freestyle it. It come to me. I used to do that. But now I want to educate people. I want to give you something that's going to make you think. I want to give you something that's going to be impactful. You know, so that's my goal. I start working on my content Tuesdays. Um, that way it give me three Days to build up what I want to talk about and then to familiarize myself with the content so I'm not just coming in here stumbling all over the place. But if you want to submit content, email standonitpod at gmail.com. If you want to be a guest, email standonitpod at gmail.com. Um, as always, I tell you, energy is real, but everybody does not possess real energy. Again, energy is real, but everybody do not possess real energy. Guard the people you're around, the energy that you exhibit in, in um, your everyday life. Make sure it's pure. And don't let people come in and just sap your energy and not give you anything in return. As always, I appreciate you. 
It's true. You gotta stand on it. 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 You